The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 139. The do's and don'ts when starting a career as an agent in the football industry. another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career as a football agent. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Sam Stapleton. Sam is a football agent and the co-founder of Star Sports and Entertainment, where he has over 15 years of experience supporting clients and football clubs in the football industry. Also, Sam is the co-founder of Football Further, where he trains people who aspire to become agents in the football industry. So for that reason, it's brilliant to have Sam on the show. And that's when today's episode, Sam will share his sports career journey and explain to you the do's and don'ts when starting a career as an agent in the football industry. Sam, it's great to have you on the show. Please, could you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Hi, yes. Yeah, of course, no problem. So I was probably lucky enough at 16 to uh, know what I wanted to do with my life. I think at 16, you start getting asked those questions, uh, GCSEs up to A-levels. You start getting asked those questions, right, what do you want to do when you're picking your A-levels? Now, at 16 was 96 when Jane Maguire came out. So I'd seen, seen that film. It kind of introduced me to an industry that I didn't know existed, really. Uh, it was reasonably new at that time. Yeah, that film was American football, but then having doing research into it, finding out that football, they also had agents just starting within that industry. So then I made it my business to try and get into that industry. And from 16, that's when that process started. So one of the A-levels I chose to do was business studies, uh, a few others. So I then did that, that, that business studies degree and then went uh, A-level. And then when it was time to go to uh, university, there wasn't a lot of information out there and there wasn't a lot of um, knowledge on, on being a football agent. So I went down the sports management route. Um, I went to Northumbria and Newcastle and did sports management there. And I remember... You know, it was a three-year course there, and it was more geared towards sort of being a leisure centre manager or that sort of thing. And I remember sitting down with my tutor saying, um, they were saying, right, what sort of job do you want to get into? And I said, look, I, I want to be a, a football agent. And they laughed. It was a, a snigger. So it, it, it wasn't the right course, but that's no one's fault. There just wasn't that education out there that was specific enough for that to do that job. So I, whilst I was at university, I got at that time, you used to have to do a, an agent's license. You used to have to do an exam. So I went and did my exam early. And um, whilst I was at university, was one of the youngest in the country at that time to get it, got my, um, got my exam, got my, passed my exam. You could only do two exams a year. 
and you had to get 75%. It was a multiple choice on a, on a case study. And at that time, I think there were about 450 agents in the country. Um, whilst I was at university, I represented a cricket player that I lived with at the time, got him a few commercial deals. And during that time, I was writing to every single agency that I could find. So just writing, contacting, calling, and just seeing if there was any sort of work experience out there. And towards the end of my second year, I got a response from a company called Octagon um, in London, in Putney, which is a big company. It's an American company, a representation company that came over to the UK, a lot of golf, tennis, and they did have a football department at that time, a guy called Steve Kuttner. So they offered me a work placement, like a three-month work placement there, free. So I then obviously was still at university, so I then had to make that decision what to do. Um, so I actually ended up leaving my university course, moving to London, doing this placement during the day, working in a bar in the evening um, to pay, pay him away, and did that for three months. And it was great. Um, learned, met some people, learned some really good tips and, and, and pointers and things like that. And then at the end of the three months, I went to work for a rugby agency called Benchmark Sport, which is again, work experience, uh, great guys there, seeing how to look at another site, another sport and how that works. And then Octagon asked me back, but this time I said, okay, I'll come back, but I want to be paid. So I had kind of a, a paid placement there. And then whilst I was in London, I seen a, um, article in the back of the evening standard, I think it was about a, a small agency that was starting up. So I applied for that, got that. They had a, an older agent and a younger agent and worked there for two years. And then whilst I was there, I um, got into an argument with a big agency. They were trying to steal a player, ended up then going to work for that agency for six months. And during this time, met my business partner, and we then started our own company, our own agency, which has now been going for uh, 14 years. So, yeah, that was my, my journey into it. So no football background. Um, I was rugby all the way through school, played rugby all my life, had an interest in football, but it was mainly rugby. So when starting in the industry, it was very much no contacts within, within football, no, um, no family no, you know, relatives or anything like that that were in the game. So it was a real start from nothing. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm a real advocate now that I don't believe you have to be an ex-footballer or have that experience to be able to be an agent and represent clients successfully. So that was my uh, that was my journey. Yeah. Sam, I find this really fascinating, and there's a few areas I want to dig deep in. Just going back to when you were 16 year old. How important now reflecting did you have to have that sort of inner desire to know where you wanted to go? Because that's what I've admired the most of what you've just talked about your journey, that you stuck to your guns in where you wanted to go from a career perspective. Just for the listeners or students who are figuring that out, how important is to have that sort of goal in place from a career role perspective reflecting now? Yeah, definitely looking back on it, I was probably very stubborn. I had a lot of people at that time because it was a new industry as well. I think it was slightly different now. If you were to say to your careers advisor, I want to be a football agent, they'd probably still say, 
okay, what do you really want to be? But they'll understand what that what that position is and what that industry is. Whereas back then it really wasn't understood. So I think just just the pure stubbornness of myself of just saying, no, that's what I want to do and and going for it. I think if you if you're 16 and you really want to do something, I mean it's it's very cliched, but you've just got to go for it. Be single-minded, stick to your guns and and make sure that you do everything you can to get to that point. If you feel confident that you have done everything that you can and you really have, you've done that hard work and it's not happened, then so be it. At least you'll be able to look back and go, well, I did try. Um, but I think from my point of view, it was just probably not knowing what else I wanted to do, but just having this this linear thought of, right, that's that's what I want to do. That's I was always interested in business and to partner that up with a sport, which I've always been interested in, it would it made me feel as though that was going to make me happy throughout my my professional career just from an experience perspective because this is a key point at the beginning you knew you had to put in the work experience at octagon you accepted that by working at the pub can you remember that defining moment when you went to benchmark went back to octagon and you were confident enough to ask to get paid because that's another confident thing throughout somebody's career people may not know that right time could you explain in a lot more detail why you had the confidence to go, right, I'll come back to Octagon, but I need to get paid for this position because I've already done the work experience previously beforehand. Could you just explain that in a lot more depth from a student perspective who are figuring out the importance of experience, but the import- importance have the confidence saying, actually, now I can get paid because I'm good at my job? Yeah, I think I think that experience comes with having been there before. And, and then, then asking you to come back. So you, you have that in the back of your head. Well, I must have been, I must have done a good job back then for them to ask me back. And I think asking, having the confidence to ask for money was probably out of my situation at the time was like, look, I've been, I've been in London for six, seven months. Um, you know, it's hard to be honest. It's hard work working during the day and then, and then working in a, in a bar restaurant in the evening. So you kind of get to a point where you think, oh, I can't be doing that every single day, you know, four or five times a week for six, seven months. It takes it out of you. Um, so it was a kind of, yeah, look, I know I can go back and do that job, but I'm not going to go back and do that job for for free. Um, I've done that. I kind of earned my stripes on it. And, and when I say I got paid, like I wasn't being paid a massive amount. It wasn't the sort of reflection of a salary, but it was it would help me along that way. And whilst whilst you're doing that work experience and you're you're earning that little bit of money if you can or if you're not then you're making sure that you are contacting other people and you're trying to find that break um, in the industry and I know that I'm very lucky to have found that break and to have got that opportunity um, with the with the startup agency um, but I feel that was a reflection of the hard work that I've done in the fact of getting my agents exam early um, doing doing the sort of bits and bobs with with the cricket player, building up your experience. So when you do go to, when you do go into an interview, you're not completely wet behind the ears. You've you may not have the experience that they need, but if they're taking you in as a young agent, you show that you've tried to do as much as you can up to that point. And just looking at the sports industry as a bigger picture now, from an agent perspective, how has it changed from the last twenty years from your experience? Looking back, it's definitely changed. The industry has changed. You know, when it, when it first started, the football agency industry was a bit, dare I say, cowboy. You know, it wasn't it wasn't very well known by 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 anyone really. Um, so people were getting away with stuff, and then it got, then it 
the rules and regulations came in. Um, then in 2015, FIFA then deregulated um, the industry, so the exam went. So the barrier eventually disappeared. So from 450, around 450 agents in this country, it then jumps up to now, I think we've got about two and a half, three thousand. Because now all you have to do is you pay your money to the FA and you're a registered agent, assuming you don't, you tick a few boxes, you don't have a criminal record or anything like that. So, you, so the influx of the barrier entry had gone. So every member of a family or every you know, um, person who thought they wanted to be a football agent could then apply and be a football agent. So the numbers of the agents in the world, in the country, in the world actually, but in the country specifically, just jumped massively. So clubs found that hard to deal with because they were getting called by a lot more agents with a lot less knowledge and a, not, a lot less experience. Um, so that's, that's how the industry has changed. I think, I think early 2020, um, we'll find that the rules and regulations change again. I think an exam will come back in. Um, they'll try and just tighten it up a little bit. Um, but, you know, the money, the, the, the industry's changed, but the, the, the broader industry has changed. Football's changed within that, within that, within that time scale. You know, the, um, TV rights has increased. TV communication channels has is, 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 is changed. So we're all watching football in different ways. TV rights, money goes up and up. That comes back down to the salaries. Um, the agents then get involved, and their their fees increase too. And then that brings its own its own issues. And it, so it has it's changed massively because just the sport of football has has grown hugely as well. Also, before we talk about today's podcast topic, you've mentioned that you've worked with some cricketers, rugby players. Is there a difference except the sport itself, or is the process the same? I think the, the actual process is similar. You know, there's a process of looking after your client, making sure that they've got everything that they need to succeed. Um, negotiating contracts, it's the same thing. All you need to do is just be aware and research around each contract and each, and each sport. But essentially, it's the, it's the same thing. Now, the money's different. You know, and you might, when you talk about golf, to an extent, rugby, um, tennis, you would find that people make a, um, the lion's share of their salary through commercial avenues. Whereas football, you can have League One or Championship or Premier League players that don't have a great commercial value, um, but they're earning a lot just through their basic salary. But essentially, it's the same. People change. So... Um, some people are easier to deal with in, in, in rugby, perhaps, than they are in football. There are some characters, but there are characters everywhere in, in, in every industry. Um, but, yeah, I would say they're all different as a sport, obviously. But essentially, the, the, the business skills needed are, are similar. Now, just talking about today's podcast topic, especially to listeners who want to dive into this career, what are the do's and don'ts when starting a career as an agent in the football industry? I think the do's are pretty, they're pretty simple in the fact that just behave properly, have a good, a good manner about you, be polite, educate and research for me is a big thing. So I think you have to be knowledgeable. Now, when we're talking about 2015 with the deregulation, there are, there are, there are agents going into boardrooms with clients who have never been into a boardroom before. Do they don't understand the contract and it can, it can, it can be detrimental to the, to the client. So 
what you should be doing is just trying to do the best you can for your client. Now, if you're not knowledgeable, you've not done the research, you've not educated yourself, then you're not going to be doing the best for your client. And and network, that would be my other thing. It's just network. So no matter where you are in the industry, just make sure you know as many people as you can, whether that's even if you don't have a client to start with or you don't have a client that's good enough for Premier League at that point or whatever it is. It's just try and get in front of the relevant decision makers at each club and just build up a rapport, build up a relationship, going back to the behave properly and be a, be a good person, build up that relationship. So when you do have those clients that fit for them, that they know you and that they trust you when you, when you make that call. And when I first started, I had it in my head that I didn't really want to mix with other agents. I wanted to just look after me. I wanted to do what, what we were doing and concentrate on what we were doing and not really mix up with, with the other agents. But I think looking back, that's definitely changed now, but I think looking back, that was probably a mistake. I think, uh, I think nowadays it's very difficult to do a deal a hundred percent yourself, especially what we do with a lot of European stuff as well is that you, you, you partner up with people and you split commissions. You, you're far better getting 50% of something than a hundred percent of nothing. So you do work with other agents. So I, I would say networking with clubs, but also networking with other agents because other agents are now starting to, well, are now talking to each other and trying to do deals together rather than just trying to go off and do their own thing. The don'ts I would say would be pretty um, pretty simple, split into two things. It's, it's, you can't be lazy. Um, you have to get out there and whether it's outside your comfort zone or whatever it is, just go and do it. You have to get out there. You know, just sitting there and saying, I want to be a football agent, it's not going to cut it. You actually have to get out there um, and, 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 and get it. And the other thing for me is, especially within this industry, and it's the same with many industries, is, is be honest. Is just when you're talking about players or you're talking about deals or you're talking to people, is just always be honest. Don't over-promise anything. Don't promise something that you can't deliver. Um, just trying to find an example within the industry. If if you're sitting down with a client and you want him, you're trying to have him sign with you, and you're saying, "Look, sign with me. Sign on this piece of paper that's going to commit you to me for two years. I will I will take you to Chelsea, and you'll earn a hundred grand a week." Then the player signs, and you and you can't deliver that then it reflects badly on you. And there are a lot of people doing that within the industry just because once that player signs and they're locked in. So my, my thing is always just be honest. You know, when I'm, when I'm pitching to clients, I will say, look, I'm not going to, unless I have a move for them, but I'm not going to guarantee you a club. I'm not going to guarantee you a move to that level on that money. I'm not going to do that. If that's not right for you, then fine. I don't want to work with you. But for me, just be honest and, the things you can guarantee is that you'll you'll work hard for them, that you've got the contacts and you'll contact all the clubs in that in that in that league or you know, you can you can guarantee and be in control of those sort of things, but don't don't overpromise because it might help you short term, but long term it's not gonna help you. Always for me, always look for the long term. Like we always knew that we were gonna get to where we wanted to get to, but it might take you slightly longer than the people that are cutting corners. But for me, I think you then get to the, you get to you keep your reputation and and within the industry word of mouth is massive it's a it's a huge sporting industry obviously football but it's a really small family and and word of mouth is huge people people talk so if you make a mistake or 
you, you do someone over on a deal, then people hear about it. Sam, I find this really refreshing. I really do hope the listeners are taking that all on board. What inspired you then to set up your own agency and what have you learned through this experience? So I think I worked for a smaller agency, startup smaller agency, and then I worked for a big agency. So I've seen both sides of it. And then having met my partner, my business partner, we thought that we could do this, we can do this ourselves and take bits from each each one. And as I say, go back to what I, what I said previously is, look, let's go and do this properly. Um, as I say, it may take us slightly longer, but let's go and do this properly on our own. And 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 that's what we did. It's not, it doesn't suit everyone. You know, this this self-employed, um, not a big fan of the word entrepreneur, but this 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 self-employed go out there. It's it's hard and it's difficult, and it can only suit certain people. That doesn't make you a lesser person if you if it's not suited to you. It's just it's different traits. For me, you know, we have it's just been. We did, we did hire some people, but we've gone back to me and my partner. So you end up having to do everything. So your manager director, your CEO, your finance director, your, your, the um, travel coordinator, your booking flights, you're, you're, you're doing everything. And that can be fun. Uh, you know, every day is different. But you soon, um, you know, no one really teaches you all those different things. So you, you're, you're learning on the job a little bit. And that's fine. Don't be scared of that. You know, some of the, the best places to learn is actually by doing it. That's why I wanted to go off and, and, and do it on our own. Just from an educational perspective, there's one area I do want to discuss about. What inspired you then to set up Football Further? Could you explain it to listeners? Because I think it could relate to them with regards to some of their career decisions. Yeah, so Football Further goes back to what I was talking about through my education process is that when I was 18 looking for universities, um, there was nothing out there, you know. There was, there was absolutely nothing out there at that time. And there still isn't really. There's a lot more than there was, um, but there's still not a lot out there. So then when the deregulation happened in 2015, where you didn't have to do an exam to, to get to, to be a registered agent, we just thought, how can we, how can, you know, the industry's got a bad name. How can we increase the reputation of the industry? And that was for us was to teach better business through, through, through education. So, we started football further, you know, we've been in the business collectively now, you know, we've got 30 years experience. Um, so we thought, right, let's put, let's put something together where agents that sign up, you know, literally just sign up, but don't know anything about the industry can then go and educate themselves and learn about all the processes, all the ins and outs, all the detail of what they need to do and what to expect in order to become successful. So I hope through football further that, We've helped a lot of people and I know I have people contacting me saying, look, it's been excellent and they've started their own agency or they've gone to work for an agency and they're already signing clients. And it's something that I wished I had back then. It's something that I would have definitely had done. You know, when you look at it, it's, it's, it's cheaper than a university course or it can supplement a university course or it's if you're, you know, there are different markets. That, that we pitched to, but that's that sort of 18 to, to 24 is if you're not quite sure what you're doing or you're studying something else, studying psychology, but you quite like the, the, the agency side, then you can do this course and have a bit of a taster about it without going out and changing courses or spending a lot of money. And it just, it was just something that we felt needed to be out there. And actually when I've, when we first started it, I didn't, I didn't realize how much work it would be. <laughs> Um, cause we've put, we've put absolutely everything into it. 
and it is there's every single ounce of knowledge that I've gained over all those years is in that course. Um, so yeah, we're we're proud of it, um, and the success story is coming out of it already. Um, but yeah, that's just through we set it up through the lack of education that we felt was was in this industry. There's nothing industry led out there at the moment. And just from a course perspective. Uh, could you just explain how long it could take somebody to complete? So it's a um, it's an eight module course, and then so each module you have topics, which is a video of me, and we go through every single topic, and then we have a, a case study, which I did a real life, I say tell a real life story that relates to that module that we've experienced that we've had. Then we have a guest interview with someone within the industry, so we've got sporting directors, uh, financial advisors. Um, media people, you know, different different people within the industry that give their perspective on the agency world. And then we have a further reading section. So almost this is on every module, so almost a sort of homework section. Um, we have a, a, a frequency, frequent, frequently asked question section. So if you if you come to the end of the module and you've got a question about the module, then you send it through to me and then I'll, I'll answer that, but I'll put it up into the module. So by the end of the module, you end up having lots of questions that people have sent in. And then we have um, a sort of test of knowledge at the end, quiz at the end of each module. So it's a 10 question multiple choice quiz, which you can do as many times as you want, but you have to get 100% before you can move on to the next module. So just try and make sure that everyone's actually watching the module and reading the further reading just to make sure they've grasped some key points. And then um, the modules get released every two weeks or every fortnight. So what I didn't want to do is just release all the modules at the same time because you will then find people just whiz through them. And what I wanted to do is give a, give a two-week break, two-week gap between the modules so you can take your time, go through the module, you can go through it again. You've got time to make your notes. You've got time to pause, play, rewind. And you've got time if you're doing something else, if you are doing uni work, if you are doing other part-time job, then you've got time to fit that around it. So there's eight of them. Um, the last one being where we talk about what to do next. So whether are you built to be self-employed or do you, do you, are you better off going for another an agency? You know, the pros and cons. So we try and help you evaluate what you want to do. And then we have a um, – we're going to set up a, a mentoring thing afterwards so you can then choose different levels of mentoring if that's what you want and it be either mentored by me or some other experienced agents and you get to spend time with them uh, once a month just to go through any problems that you might have um so in, in the minimum amount of time it'll take is 16 weeks but you can take a lot longer um, but yeah i just i didn't want to you know i have had people say well look can i not just have it all at once and do it in my own time but i think i'd rather just say no, no, I want you to, you know, it doesn't, financially it doesn't matter to me. You know, you pay, you, you should, they feel that you can just watch it. Well, I pay my money, I want to watch it all. But actually, no, I want you to take your time. I don't want you to feel rushed. I want you to actually go through it and really understand what's happening. So that's the, that's the setup with it. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And just getting back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? So we've got obviously the summer transfer window coming up. So during that period of time between the January window finishing, so February up to now, you're out visiting clubs, you're out watching clients. Um, so around this time, we're trying to find out what clubs are looking for in the upcoming transfer window. And then you, map, you match up your clients to them, so you're pitching clients to them. 
you're having them go out towards you know towards the back end of the season to watch these players. So yeah, it's the um, it's the hard work. But the the, the football agencies business is, is difficult because you only have you have two transfer windows, so you only have revenue coming in two months of the year. So whether it be February or September. Um, so you have to cash flow and everything. It's all it's all very difficult. But during this during this period of time, that's what we go out and do is we go out and prepare for the summer window because you need to try and make as much money as you can. You probably make eighty percent of your annual revenue within within this summer window. So it's a busy period. So you're just preparing for that. Sam, just on a personal note, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey looking back right now? I think every day is different. It's cliche, but every day is different. And I think you just have to look, looking back on it. I've just enjoyed myself, you know, 15, 15, 16 years in the industry. And it doesn't feel like that. Like I was thinking about it the other day, I just think, where, where's that gone? And you think you probably even, you're probably halfway through your career now. You may not, you may only be working for another 20 years or whatever it is. And it's like, wow, where's that? Where's that even gone? So trying to find something you enjoy is a, is a, is a big thing. And seeing things change, seeing the industry change, trying to adapt to that, um, I think is always, is always interesting. But yeah, there's things, there's things looking back, there's things I would have done differently. You know, I have made mistakes and I've, I've, I've been, you know, I've made mistakes with the Football Association during my time. Um, I'm not ashamed of that. They were just, that's all learning curves. And actually that's where I feel the kind of educate football further and the education things born out of because I have made mistakes in the past. So I want to make sure that people don't make those, make those same mistakes. So yeah, looking back on my career, I'm happy with what we've done and looking forward to the, to the next half. Sam, I can't express how much I've enjoyed this podcast chat and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. Bearing in mind you provide some great sport career guidance here, but what advice would you give to university students who want to pursue a career as an agent in the sports industry? I think stick to your guns, just work hard. Um, when you talk about inspirational quotes, the one that I've always kind of, I kind of like is that I've already said a lot about knowledge and preparation. Now, it's not football, it's NFL, but Tom Coughlin, he said, humble enough to prepare, confident enough to perform. So for me, is make sure that you always do as much research as you can on anything that you do. So whether it be going for that first interview, make sure you know everything about that company that you're going to. Make sure you know everything about that person that's interviewing you. Um, try, and be, try and find something that's going to put you on a personable level with them. If you're going to interview a client, if you're going to go and try and sign a client, make sure that you know everything about that client's game. Um, just prepare. That's for me is the, the biggest thing. And it's not just this. It's not just football industry. It's it's life. Just always be prepared in whatever industry you go into. Just that just gives you that extra edge because you'd be surprised at how many people don't do it. Sam, that is absolutely fantastic. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? So we have our website, um, the educational website is footballfurther.com. Our Instagram is footballfurthercourses. And by all means, anyone wants to ask a question or anything, then please just email me, which is if you email me at info at footballfurther.com and I'll, I'll try and get back to you. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Sam, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. No problem, man.
Wow, what a fantastic podcast chat with Sam. I cannot express how much I enjoyed that interview, especially if you've been a listener on the show. Sam is my first ever agent as a special guest on this show, who, especially in the football industry, and the reason why it's taken me so long to find a special guest like Sam is because, as you hear on the news, and as Sam sort of mentioned very briefly, that there are a few agents out there who ruin it for the whole industry because they're sort of like cowboys they're not credited and that's the sort of dark side of the football industry so to have Sam on the show providing you the reality a real insight of what goes on behind the scenes in the football industry especially what it takes to be an agent I really cannot express this enough how much you can learn from this interview and with regards to his academy, it's so worth to check out. There's nothing better to learn and be mentored by people who are doing the job day in, day out. So look, I'm sort of lost for words because this interview could have saved you a lot of time in figuring out if being a football agent is the right role for you. But also, Sam gives you the real credentials, the real do's and don'ts in when starting a career in this area of the football industry. So look, I hope you apply what Sam said during this podcast chat relating to your sports career ambitions, make it reality and just take action. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Sam said, stick to your guns and work hard and make sure you do enough research on the area you want to work in within the sports industry. Make sure you know everything about that company, that role, that sport, or the person who may interview you, or even that industry sector, before you apply yourself in the sports market.